You are listening to Primal Radio, the podcast dedicated to combat sports, martial arts, self-defense, and the warrior mindset. And here are your hosts from Hamilton, New Jersey, Jim McCann, and London, England, Tom McGrath. Tom, what's up, buddy? Been a couple weeks, man. Yeah, I know, man. I feel bad when we don't put out a show each week. But, yeah, uh, look, some... been, been a few complaints. Right. Then when I can kiss my ass. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was joking. There haven't been any complaints. Which the, right. Well, right. like, I don't really do it. No, look, sometimes stuff, life does happen. You had stuff going on. I had uh, a big production, an MMA show. So, unfortunately, our schedules didn't match up, nor did any of our potential guests. So, it was a huge undertaking. And I would have rather, look, we played a couple older shows on Hamilton Radio. Obviously, they can go back and re-listen to the shows, uh, you know, on the different various venues that we have on the podcast. But it does happen, and we try to make it as infrequent as possible, you know. But uh, what what the hell can we do? Somehow, have to get through these tough times. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, since, look, I want to recap a few things. We Since we were out for a couple weeks... We had our inaugural, our first primal MMA fight night at the Claridge in Atlantic City. And have you seen any of the pictures, Tom, on uh, social media? What, what I saw looked great. I, I don't think there's loads up on like Facebook and the like yet, but yeah, yeah there's I, a, so many I can't, yeah, you know, put them all up. I, I'll put them. I will put them up on in group things on the Facebook. I'm putting out a couple a day, and I will put it on the Primal uh, Fight Promotions website. I've been sending them out to the fighters, so. It was, it was a, a, look, it was a huge, huge undertaking. Do you want me to recap the whole story? Does anyone really give a shit <laughs> outside well, I mean, of me? And I don't even really care anymore, quite honestly. So, so the focus of the show this week is going to be about that, the show that you put on. and The show that I yeah. put on? Oh, oh, you mean, oh, that show. I, was like, yeah, I thought I, I did some radio show I didn't know about. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Yeah, so um, I, I guess I mean I can't. Should I ask you questions about it, or should we, you just want to like? Uh, well, I, well, however, let's just bullshit. Let's not think. Let's <laughs> pretend we're drinking at a pub in Belgium after we've trained all day. All right. So here's my first question. Yeah. Like, what what sort of like makes Primal Promotions unique? What what's, what makes it different than what other people well, are doing? Well, here's what because one of the things that I guess it's not unique. It's solely, but I've been on both sides. I've been a competitor. And I've promoted in the past before, and I continue to promote a boxing. It's the first time back in MMA in six years. Um, you know, so we, we we wanted to put on a real fantastic event, which was in, enjoyed by everyone, not only from the competitors, but from the facility that we are having it in, and, to, of course, most importantly, the audience. And... Uh, we, we pay particular attention to all the details, everything. There's a million and one things that have to go on, uh, you know, behind the scenes. It's just tons and tons of stuff, which we can top line a couple of things. So we were we were able to do it. Um, the matches, we have a matchmaker, Helen, who was on the show, and she did a fantastic job of getting really competitive fights. So a lot of things have to come to play. The fights have to be competitive. The venue has to feel really, uh, there has to be a good feel to go into that venue. Uh, the atmosphere, the whole, the ambiance of the whole thing, it all came together. At five minutes before the show, you're thinking, oh, shit, none of this is going to happen. But it did. After the show, there was a huge after party on the roof of the hotel overlooking Atlantic City. God damn, and that was free. You know, to, to people who went to the show, you know, so it was really kind of 
and um, did you go to the after party? No. <laughs> I went to the after party um, like uh, shit, one thirty in the morning. We had to, t- of course, tear down the, the, the cage and all the stuff. And I walk up, there's a couple of people a little lit, you know, little little drunk. And then uh, I, um, you know, just kind of BS with a couple of people. And then I was going to order some, I was going to order some chow. I was going to get some, uh, I was going to get some, uh, something to eat. And I said, ah, I'll go back to the room and get room service. Now it's like two or so. I go back to the room. And I open up the menu, I'm like, oh, I can go for this burger and fries or whatever it is, you know, nothing spectacular. And it turns out uh, room service had closed down, <laughs> so there was nothing to eat. Now, I went from Thursday, what time Thursday? I don't know, 5 o'clock at night, till Sunday at 2.30 in the morning without any food. And the first thing I had the opportunity to eat, right, in the hotel was some fucking cashews. So all day, the only thing I had Saturday, or excuse me, Thursday to Saturday, this is true, one Monster Energy and one glass of water. That was it. I, 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 and it wasn't, I know, and I never ran out of energy. I never got tired. I was on no drugs. Only one Monster Energy. I'm cutting down. Yeah. And uh, I was, I, I, you know, you're, I am able to just go. And, yeah. uh I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'm able to go, 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 go and I, without stopping. And I was able to do that. And uh, ironically, so after the show, so after the show, we load the cage up and do whatever. The next morning, I go back to the gym. I bring the cage back. This is 6,000 pounds of steel, right? I, I pull up and I, I have it in a rental truck and I go, I had nobody to help me. So I unloaded the entire <laughs> cage by myself at six o'clock in the morning. This is 10-foot fence by 6 feet high, each one several hundred pounds. I pick it up out of the truck. I use my old man retard strength and put it out of the, uh, the, into the thing, bring everything inside. Then I clean 10,000-square-foot gym. All right? I still haven't slept, right? Prince maybe Friday, whatever it is. Who cares? And then, um, and then two of my fighters came in after that, and I trained Scrap and Devon for two hours. And then I went home. I laid on the couch. Right, I put the TV on something I don't even remember what to watch, and and I guess I sort of dozed off, but not really. And you know how you wake up and you're from like violent waking up, and you're not really asleep. That's kind of where it was at, and so I, I don't know. It was just a lot, but I wasn't tired from it, and I didn't have any downtime after that for the most part. What do you put that down to? Because you were so excited by it, or it's just so much to do? Or I'm just you know? yeah, as, you, as we've talked about, I'm very manic. I'm super manic. Yeah, <laughs> would be are, my right. I can go, and um, I'm, I'll give you an example. We'll go back to the show. Yesterday, I sparred 25 rounds. Yeah, and one of the rounds, uh, ten of the rounds, was with a four-time world kickboxing champion. You used to, you used to do 50, so maybe you are getting old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, sl- I'm slowing down. Yeah, well, no, right. this, I, I didn't even set out to do it. I just kind of did it. And so I'm, you know, I'm fighting one of my guys who's an excellent kickboxer, world-class kickboxer, top of the shelf. And, you know, he's the one tired after, like, the third or fourth round. I'm like, no, we're doing 10. <laughs> I just kept pushing. I did get kicked in the face yesterday. He's a fucking phenomenal kicker. You know, I haven't sparred someone at that level caliber of a kickboxer in a long time. And uh, so, you know, if you're not comp- like if you're twirling sticks with somebody or wrestling, you got to have people at par 
to your skill set, hopefully better, some worse. Yeah. You know, you have to have that healthy division between the three. But his kicking is phenomenal and very fast, very flexible, and kicked me right in the fucking face. And I went, ooh, I better keep my hand up. It didn't really hurt because yeah. we weren't trying to kill each other, you know, but I was kicked square in the jaw. And I said, okay, I'll put my hand up now. <laughs> the, the, best, so, the best sparring partner or the best training partner, I think, is the guy that's slightly better than you. Right, right. Right, that can keep you working all the time. You know, good, healthy give and take. And, and uh, um, but by the way, he's not better than me. <laughs> <He's, laughs> yeah, he, but at kickboxing, purely probably is. He's younger and faster and all that stuff. But I know the old dirty tricks, and I had to tie him up and make him miserable, you know, and do illegal stuff. And it's only illegal, by the way, if you get caught by the ref. And since there was no ref, it didn't matter. Right. I could step yeah. on his feet, trip him, you know, pull down his shorts, you know, <laughs> all that shit that would. But no, it was just fun. We were just working on it. He's, ter- he's terrific. It, it was a good, good sparring match. I had fun. And it was great because, you know, you just get to uh, – that's how I unwind. Ten rounds of kickboxing, get kicked in the head. It's like a round of golf for me. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let, let, let's talk briefly about the fight. So, um, are they all? Was it all guys from your gym fighting? No, fuck no. Or, so let, well, let's right. go. Can, can we go back for a little bit further? So, go I want to go back for. Thank you, uh, Mr. Engineer. Could you turn Tom's voice up a little? For some reason, Tom's a little bit low for me. Yeah, thanks. So here's what happened. So. We had a real great deal with uh, the showboat in Atlantic City and the Bourbon Room, which was the House of Blues. And for what uh, contractual issues between those two places, uh, we had to get a new place. So we're about five weeks out of the show. Did I ever talk about this on the radio? I don't think I did in detail, right? I think so. Right. So anyway, so what happens is we lost a, a major venue. Like, a me- like this is, you know, Yankee Stadium. You know, it was real nice for lack of a, you know. And then um, we're like, oh, crap, we have all this money, all this time, investment, and all this stuff, and, and the show might not happen. So within a very short window, we managed to, to get the Claridge. Now, it was not as, uh, as it, it doesn't have as many seats or issues involving the Claridge that we ha- had to overcome, but we, we made it work out, and we got there, and, we, and, you know, we were able to put on that show like i said that one pretty spectacular there were a million and one things that happen when you're putting on a show from your contractual um negotiations you know what we want what they want money's involved insurance security blah 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 let me go over a list these are the things as a promoter some of the things you have to worry about so people think they go okay you had a sold out show you must have made millions of dollars well i didn't make millions of dollars it was a good show successful show on all levels but it's not what you think i'm not going to give actual dollar amounts but here's some of the things that <clears throat> i have to pay for insurance you have to pay for insurance for the event so insurance for the facility right uh so if uh, people go crazy there's a big brawl in there insurance for you as a fighter so tom if you fight in my show and you get hurt boom that has to happen every fighter has to fill out fill out an insurance form in case some stuff goes down you have to have a deal with the venue are you paying for the venue is there a, is it is it a split or or um are they purchasing the show from you all that matters in the cost of the venue right the event sanctioning fee by the state athletic commission right there's a percentage of your ticket sales go to the state of new jersey or new york or whatever you have to pay for two referees you had to pay for three judges I paid for two doctors. I paid for two medical inspectors. I don't know what the difference between a medical inspector and a doctor is, but okay. I had to pay for four other inspectors. 
Uh, I'm not sure what they were fucking inspecting, but they were there. Uh, I had to pay for timekeeper. I had to pay for a scorekeeper. Are you tired yet, Tom? I, I You give a percentage of your ticket sales to the fighters. Uh, what happens in amateur MMA in the U.S. is the fighters work as ticket agents. So if you're going to fight on my show, Tom, and you say, Jim, I want 20 tickets. I might pay you $5 a ticket. Something like that. Right. So you're yeah. not getting paid, but you are selling tickets. So, by the way, when you go back to matchmaking, that matters, too, that Tom sells generally 20 tickets. And Bob might sell 60 tickets. Now, if you two are the same weight division and I have another opponent, I might want to have Bob fight because, shit, Bob sells more tickets. Because at yeah, the right. end of the day, the money does matter. Maybe you and the other guy are a better match, but the other guy sells more tickets. So you have to have that balance, of right? <clears throat> Anyway, going going on, you have to pay for a professional photographer, a, a professional videographer, right? A professional announcer, Michael Buffer. I don't have Michael Buffer, but <laughs> I had Steve Peacock, who was a great announcer. And then you, there's printing involved in the brochures, in the posters, in the tickets, blah, 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 right? There's postage to, for when you mail stuff out to fighters and clubs and so on and so forth. You had to pay to have the scale certified. So the scale that's in, in my gym that you stand on, I have to pay the state of New Jersey a fee for them to actually test it and calibrate the scale because, God forbid, you're, you know, one ounce over, you know, a, a pound over or a pound light. I get that. It, it's some, what, you getting dizzy, Tom? Uh, some of it. It's, it. What I don't like is all these middlemen sort of, right. you know. <clears throat> oh, I'm so not done. <laughs> I'm not done. Then I had to pay for a private security force. Right now, this this is Paul Blart, right? You know who Paul Blart is. You know, you never heard of that movie, and, and everyone in America knows who it is. Anyway, so you have to pay for these guys who work for a security company that are bonded, and essentially they do nothing. But the state makes you pay for this, and I get it because you want to have official security guys. But mind you, the security guys are in their sixties, and this is an MMA crowd. I doubt they were doing shit. If anything happened, it'd been better off me hiring my guys to do it. Quite honestly, you know, fighters from my gym. Um, yeah. Then we had to pay for the Atlantic City Police Department to be there. Had to pay for several officers, a cop car, so on and so forth. We had to pay for hotel rooms, hotel rooms for certain fighters, for it's people who might have needed rooms. So that plays in the fee. We, there's a truck rental to bring stuff down, fight gear, blah, 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 the cage. Miscellaneous costs from anything from bands to duct tape, right? There's gas involved. You have to pay for the ring card, girl. You have to pay for the DJ, right? I'm not done. Is this list tired? Lay down, Tom. Now, <laughs> then you have to pay for an ambulance. Not one ambulance, but two ambulances. Here's why you have to pay for two ambulances. Because if you get knocked out and the ambulance has to take you to the hospital, I need to have another ambulance on standby to be there or the show cannot go on. Yeah, right, right. Right. Because the the next fight, that same thing might happen, or maybe someone has a heart attack in the audience, whatever it might be. So you're paying for not one but two. So there's like six guys, you know, paramedics there, right? You have to pay advertising, whatever that costs, maybe billboards, posters, signs, social media, insert whatever you want to put put on there. <sighs> I need a nap, and then you have to pay the matchmaker, right? And then, of course, I had to pay for staffing for the event, meaning my staff, people that for I hired to do certain things, whether it be taking down the cage or giving the gloves to the fighters. Or, you, I had to have two guys run into the cage and wipe down the blood. <laughs> you know, I paid for those guys, right? Um, end of the day, it cost $1 million. <laughs> so, 
something like, so you see now all that th- sorry that whole list that you just said that totaled up to a million dollars no i'm lying it doesn't cost a million dollars i'm just saying it might it might as well be a million dollars now there are certain fee there are fees by the way that are always depending on the venue right depending on the insurance that they require that can change the fees of the judges and the doctors and all that that's set by the state I have no, there's no negotiating fees with that, right? Of course, the videographer and the photographer, that can come apart as part of the venue, or um, it depends on who you negotiate, who does that. Now, when you do that, too, who are you hiring? What's the quality of photograph? What's the quality of video? All that matters. Are they going to show up on time, right? Did the guy oversleep? Did the guy go get fucked up the night before, right? Um, the printing, so the announcer, oh, there's a bunch of prices that are negotiable, in a variety of ways, it all depends on the quality of that person you want doing that. Certain costs mm. are not negotiable, like the state fees, the licensing fees. That is just part of the cost of doing business. So anyway, I, I can't get, reveal exactly what the cost is, but you can imagine it's not a hundred dollars. Yeah, it's 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 it's. it's and it's, we know it's not a million dollars. It's either. not a million. So somewhere between ninety nine. <laughs> but it, but it's not, but you know, so whatever it is, so there's a lot at plays now on top of all that. I don't know if anyone even gives a shit about all this. I have a million and one things that have to go on in the day of the show. So imagine a mother or a father that has five kids under five years old, right? A couple twins and it's like, and they're all going, daddy, mommy, daddy, mommy, non fucking stop for 48 <laughs> hours, you yeah. know? And, and yeah. this is, was my life. It's, it's someone poking you in the goddamn chest pulling your coat daddy daddy mommy mommy. shut up i just need five minutes so it's not stopping i have to be cool and composed because i'm the director of the chaos right of whatever's going on finally on saturday after all this stuff's going on um you know i break away and go back to a hotel room that we had so i could shower and then i showered you know i sat down for five minutes and you have like and then you start, you're like, oh, my God, I, I might be tired. Oh, no. But immediately, I, I don't even fondle that thought. I got up, <clears throat> had my you know jacket and t- suit and tie on, whatever I was wearing, and went immediately back down because I knew if I allowed myself to sit down, it, I might not make the fight. <laughs> and then, so, was there any guys who were like particularly helping you out? Did you, did you have a lot of help or you do it all yourself as usual? I would well no no let me give thanks to um all the guys that we hired there were members of Primal Gym and young kids that we paid to participate these guys did a great job they worked their ass off I think they made like a dollar an hour <laughs> I, I overpaid them and um but they did a great job and they did they did everything from you know, moving shit and you know whatever it was they did a great job um yeah we had people of course but ultimately every sort of decision had to go through me at that time. So right. everyone, my attention was all over. So you had to be very, you had to be, oh, my God, you had to multitask nonstop. There was no focusing on one task at a time. You know, uh, so all that had to be done. And then the fighters come in, and you have to make sure they have their paperwork done and everything's legit and so on and so forth and organize everything, go up, make sure they know where they're going, the proper locker rooms and what time the fight's going to say that everyone's making weight. You have a pre-weigh-in like two or three hours Prior to the weigh-in, people come in and weigh in on the scale. Because once it's official, you're fucked. If you weigh in on an official thing, I mean, pretty much, you're done. So you have to be on on point. So they weigh in earlier. Do they have to put on six ounces or a pound, maybe go eat a sandwich, or do they have to 
lose a pound, maybe run around the block or something like that. Sure. So, so I... all that matters. And then despite all that stuff going on, literally as Hawks has thriving gas, then the show started. And um, we had a you know great rendition of the national anthem. We didn't have anyone singing it, but it was uh, it was great. And and the, and the show was a, it was a complete uh, a complete uh, a complete victory. Uh, the flights were fantastic. One was better than the next. Um, the crowd completely enjoyed it. The atmosphere was great. We had table service. People could you know buy their their beer and their wine and their food at their tables. Not a bad seat in the house. It was pretty much a sold out show. I mean, you saw some of the photos. It was packed. The lighting was great. So it was a I great saw a photo of the audience. So what, what, what sort of numbers did you have in there? The numbers for the show? Yeah. The venue sat 500 people. And we, okay. we exceeded that. How do you exceed the capacity? <laughs> you just uh, squeeze a few more people in. You can squeeze people in. Right. right. Now, it was a much smaller venue than we wanted. We actually, the venue prior to this sat like 1,400. Right, right. So I had, we, so due to that, that cut down on my, obviously my profitability because I had a smaller venue. Mining because of show, but it was still, look, it was still a good show, but you had this, these were something like four weeks out. What are you going to do? So we had to, you know, just, you exceeded by, you look, people stand, you put other seats in there, you know. And what what are you charging for these seats if people want to go to like a future event? Right. So an MMA event with a, 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 how this particular event was, it was uh, ninety dollars for VIP, which is the first couple of rows right next to the cage, right, yeah. unobstructed view. There were general admission seats, which it's like a first come first serve. You just sit wherever you want. Some general admission are better than others, and then there were booth seats, and the booth seats there was uh, five to a booth. It would actually sit six. But they had to pay for five seats in that booth. And the advantage of the booth was it was very calm. It was like a be- like a plush kind of couch thing, and you're sitting back, unobstructed. You know, you want some chicken fingers or, you know, some buffalo wings or something. They bring it right to your table. It's great, you know. Most of the time at events like that, you don't have that. You have to get up and get it. You know, then we had, you know, other, right there we had a, a, a bar right there called the Celebrity Lounge. Where people could go out and get their drinks as well, you know, or go out and smoke or whatever they were doing, and then up, and then like I said, the after party on the roof at a place called the View, which is gorgeous. You know, it was it was great. Um, of course, I really didn't go, so I wouldn't know how good the party was. But I heard it was good. Yeah, I was busy working. I even, yeah, I was even like, Jesus, I'm paying for this party and I can't even go, you know, because I'm doing whatever else. Nonsense. Anyway, it was a good show. I want to be. And our next one is it will be in December. I'm be sorry, November 3rd. Now, um, we are looking at several other venues despite that one, and there's a bunch of key factors that have to play. So we'll, we should have that fleshed out within this week, you know. So there's a, a, many possibilities that are available to us. But, you know, that's it. But, it, but there's a lot of work. So people don't realize that, that when these guys – because I've, I've, I still have fighters that go on other shows, and these guys are – Want their fighter to fight. Some of the issues that happen, which I kind of talked about, how some of these guys, you know, they're, they're looking for too much. They want these other expenses. And I get it at some level. But um, the reality is if your dream is to be in the UFC and to be a world-class fighter, if, you know, 
for me to give you 50 bucks for gas because you got to travel an hour, which is not an unreasonable request necessarily. But the reality is, is, you know, how bad do you want to be a world champ? I mean, if it costs you 50 bucks, that's what it costs you, you know, takes time. Yeah. Like you want to be, you want to be, you know, achieve that high level, you know, in, in rapid R and you flew to the Philippines. So you could have done it here, but that experience and that effort and that t- all that matters, you know, it's just not yeah. about that dollar. I think you're looking at the wrong thing, you know, but that's just part of it being a promoter. What's how would that progression work for those guys? Say if someone like Adam wanted to, you know, yeah, that's a good question. UFC. So what happens is we are like a farm league, like they would have in baseball. I don't know if they have, do they have minor league soccer in? They do. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is, how does that work? Uh, well, our, our stuff's based on, we have like a promotion and relegation system. So um, if you do well in, one league if you finish in like the top couple of places then you get promoted to the higher league but who promotes it, them uh the, the, it's like a league system from top to bottom so it's like the premier league the championship the the division one division two division three and then all these other semi-pro right so let's just say there's division that. division one being the highest league closest to the pros uh the premiership's actually the highest one but i mean <laughs> That, 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 that's just a branding marketing thing but, in right. the same way. As but so, so you're that football player, right? And you just came out of high school and you're playing. Let's assume you get a game and you start on the bottom, but that'd be level three, let's say, right? And your team, what's your team? Arsenal. Arsenal? Yeah. Like okay. the players, or they used to make the guns, uh, the British Empire. Oh, nice. Back in the day. So it was no. like a factory, it's a factory team and they, the, the, our, our symbol or logo is like a cannon. Oh, that's good. That's neat. Um, yeah. So, so, so that guy comes out. He's on the Arsenal. Far, or we call them farm teams. You ever heard that expression? Uh, I think so. Right. So you, you're 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 so. cultivating that player. So he's not yeah. good enough. He has potential, but he's not good enough to be in the top league yet. So yeah, you start out there, and then maybe okay, let's move him up to the next league, level two, maybe level one. At any particular league, you can move right up to the to the big time at any point. Yeah. Oh, this guy's fantastic. Let's move him up, give him a shot, or we need that player. I'm assuming that can happen in that league as well. They don't uh, have to go 3-2-1, do they? Why would they have to do that? No, they do, actually, yeah. That's yeah. ridiculous. Well, the player could move from if, – if a player was really good, they could move from the lowest league to the top right. straight away. But the team has to – Win, win, win. There's, there's, you know, there's, co- there's consequences for losing, i.e., you get relegated, and the consequence for winning is you you win things and you get promoted. Gotcha. Um, it's, it's 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 a good system. I, you know, there's there's teams in. If I think of like basketball, like the LA Clippers, you know, they're they're terrible every single year, and there's yeah. no like real punishment for failure. I quite like the New York Jets, and they're a, they're a similar story. <laughs> They've been they're, failing they're, since 1969. <laughs> Yeah, they should get dropped down to a farm. Uh, right. So anyway, so in the MMA, so the reason I went through all that stuff is because so we would be like a farm league. Now we're at the probably lowest. There's there's maybe three levels, maybe four. I mean, there's nothing official, but we would be at a lower league that would feed it up to potentially a Bellator professional fight league or something like that. And we're brand new now, right? Now any fighter at any point in time can fight in your league and all of a sudden he's spectacular or she is spectacular and can be moved up. Now, how they get to UFC, now, is your league established enough that the UFC is actually sending out scouts yet? We're not there yet. We just started. We hope to be there. We are, have had discussions, I, I can't say the name, with 
bigger leagues, not quite UFC, but above us, uh, to come and scout our shows and to use this as feeders. They would use anyone yeah. as a feeder. Now, what does that mean to us? So, so that would help us attract better talent. So you're that kid who might have had five or six fights, and now you fight in primal MMA, and you know that John from, you know, Pancrase is there looking at you, something like that, right, whatever that league is. So you'll know that you're, they're, they've got their eye on you. And if you put on a good performance, well, then maybe – you know, you, you'll get a phone call and maybe some kind of contract. So that makes it more appealing to that athlete. So that's yeah. where we would be at that. Um, is anyone going to compete or beat the UFC? There's no way in hell. I don't think that is happening. You know, yeah. Nor do I have a dream of that happening. I just want to have my little niche in my little corner of the world and do do well with it. That's all. What, and what, there's, something, there's something quite appealing about seeing these local guys – and they're fighting for the love of it. Right. And I guess, I guess all their friends and family are taking yeah, a lot right. of tickets. Uh, right. So if you fight on my show, um, you know, your f- father, your mother, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, you know, your uncle, your aunt, your cousins, whatever it is, come and see that fight or fight. Um, and then the schools support it. Generally, you know, you're fighting out of you know, Lack Loy's, you know, school. And, well, then – more than likely, Lack is going to want to pr- promote that and then have you uh, be supported by your teammates, you know? Yeah. So, you know, if all of a sudden you bring 50 people, you know, for us as a promoter, that makes it more appealing to have you or your school involved. And on another note, other things happen. The fighters' organization, do they have their paperwork ready? Do they have all their medicals done, right? Do all the, do the cornermen, uh, the coaches, and everyone have their proper licenses, this is all the stuff that happens a week before. So every day we get an update on, you know, Tom's got his paperwork in, but his two coaches don't have their paperwork and they're not officially licensed. What does that mean to you? That means that your coaches can't work your corner in the fight. So yeah. they need to have that done by such and such a date. Inevitably, they don't do it, you know, or they can't corner you. So then you'll be at the fight without a corner and then someone else will have to do that for you. Jim, sorry, a few, a few fights didn't happen, right? On on you, you know, right, you know, yeah, right. On the so card. we what, had what the reasons. Why? Yeah, but what happens is there's always a percentage of fighters who drop the ball and don't have their paperwork done. They have a medical issue. Uh, it could be a blood thing. You know, you you are you. They do do blood tests for HIV and Hep C. So obviously, if you had one of those things, you would not be allowed to fight for obvious reasons. Um, you could have. You know, a seizure issue, there might be something with the brain. There could be visual. There could be a ton of different things that keep you from fighting. Most of the time, it's none of those. Most of the time, it's their incompetency of getting the stuff done and submitted to the State Athletic Commission on time. That's really where it falls down. Um, That or a fighter might get injured. You know, we had a couple of fights drop the week out because people got hurt. And I question is, like, why are you training – Full contact sparring one week out from your fight. 100%. Right. You yeah. should be Crazy. just work drilling and stuff and full on work. That comes from inexperienced coaches. You, you, there should be one final sparring session. And as you get there, you got to be careful that, you know, MMA more, it happens more than boxing, but you can get cut in boxing is that you taper it off like, okay, this guy's ready. We need to just kind of be at cruising speed. Drill, 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 sweat, 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 some live rolling, some live sparring, but 
it's got to be with players who are controlled. Inevitably, a guy takes a knee to the face and breaks his nose or he breaks a finger. It doesn't, you know, and then you can't fight if you got a broken finger, you know. Be real tough. But so stuff like that happens. And Yeah, um, I, I went to Belgium to be on the um, ring team for Lorenzo right. on, on one of his fights. Carrie and Gert, two of the other fighters, were supposed to fight on the same card. Right. And I think Gert's fighter pulled out and then Carrie's fighter, it was... It was uh, I forget how many kilo, maybe like a five kilo weight difference. The carrier was like one over and the other guy was like one under. And then the, the, the low guy gets the choice to say whether he wants to fight or not. And he, he pulled out. So it's frustrating because it frustrating I wanted to be on the ring team for free right. fights. You know, not and, and, and for a guy to pull out for one with a two pound difference, right? One over, one under, it's approximately two pounds. It, it, that guy didn't want to fight. No, it was five. It was five. There was like a three, a three pound something like oh, that. Oh, oh, variance. Um, I got you. I missed variance. Yeah, and Still. then they were, they were both. One was got one over that variance. One was one under. Right. I think. Well, you know. Uh, but still, I, I I agree. He probably didn't want to fight. Of course, you, you're right. So you you really don't want to fight. Uh, what are you doing there? Five pounds. Yeah, it can make a difference. You're that far. You're that close. If you have hopes and dreams of being the star, you got to take that shot. You know, we fought bigger fighters multiple times, guys who probably outclassed us with their experience and stuff. And, and you want to do what's best. One, I think what happens in MMA more often than boxing, believe it or not, is that guys want that perfectly made opponent that they can just take. Like, they, they don't want to take chances. They, you know, it's tough, you know. And, and that perfect opponent won't happen. And on the matchmaking scale, which Helen did a great job, is, you know, you got to match fairly. That yeah. each fighter has a chance to win. You know, all we can do as matches, we can watch them a little bit of video. I see Tom and I see, you know, and, and I see, uh, you know, Dieter and they're going to fight. They each have these school skills. Okay, the records are the same, you know, relatively the same. Their weight's relatively the same. I offer that fight up to both of your camps. And then your guys either go yes or no. And I give you what I know. Okay, well, Tom trains in this and Dieter trains in this. And then you guys agree to it. Then I serve it up to the State Athletic Commission. The State Athletic Commission will deny it or they will approve it. And once they approve it, then they go, okay, Tom needs this paperwork done and Dieter needs that paperwork done. So there's this whole process. It is a 24-7 job with no time off. And, and, and were all the fights, none of them were one-sided. They were all, they were all competitive. Every fight was competitive. There was one fight um, where the guy um, – had uh, lost in the first round, like a minute and a half. It was really competitive up to the guy, took him down and got his back um, <clears throat> at some point in that fight. And, you know, it was a matter was my guy who lost that particular one. I think he, my guy did, he was winning in the stand up. Had Is no this Adam. What? No, that's not Adam. Adam. No, I'll get to Adam's fight. So, so, yeah, right. cool. so, so he did real good. And then the other guy was a good grappler. Got him on the ground. My guy did real well at fighting him off and then made it that one mistake where he kind of turned his back. And then he was caught. Yeah. It was over. And that's in boxing, you don't get that. That one mistake usually doesn't cost you the fight. It might cost you, you know, for the most part. So he was over. Now, um, then I, I – so I'll get to Adam. I had Damien fight. This is Damien's third fight. I only had three primal fighters. As a promoter, although they're my fighters, I can't just have only my fighters on the card. You know, I, I want to put one or two of my fighters on a card, and then the rest have to be elsewhere. Um, and my guys were more than fairly matched up. 
you know, actually, you know, yeah. Lewis, who lost, was probably outmatched. The guy was probably a little bit better. And I knew that. We looked at it, but it's, all right, it's a fair fight. Uh, Damien came in. He fought, and there was a real good pitcher. That one pitcher I put, he was knocking the guy out on his feet. Damien's got real good hands. And uh, it was very, it was a good good fight. His opponent was, was excellent, but Damien had to better stand up and um, kept it up. He kept away from him as much, you know, as he could, so it did hit the ground a couple of times, but Damien did win that fight. It was, and then Adam fought. Adam was the, his fight was the fight of the night. Incredibly tough fight. Adam in the first round took a full football kick to the balls. Uh, <laughs> now the old school would be, I'd march across the cage and kick you right in the balls <laughs> because you cannot be unkicked in the balls. It was a tough, it was a, that was a uh, majority decision. Adam lost that fight. I thought he won it, but really what I think changed the fight for him was that shot that he never recovered from. He could have in the first round just said, I can't continue, and it would have been ruled a no contest because it was it was so clean. I can't say it was a blatant kick. That I wouldn't know. I wouldn't expect that, but it was such a clean shot, you know, that he if there was no hesitation in him going down. He was, you know, he went down. And then got up and it never was there. But it, it, he blighted up his opponent. Izzy, it was real tough. And they weren't going at it. It was an exciting fight. When I get the video out there, you get to see, you go, wow, it was a UFC-worthy fight. Yeah, right, for, yeah, for pr- yeah. Prime time. It was that good. These guys were we'll, going at it. So we'll be seeing all of these fights. You'll be posting Yeah, I do have the video. Them. I'm a little behind on getting that out. But, yeah, there's video of it, and I just have to post it. So I, I've been negligent in getting that out. But it's it'll be available. So you guys can see it. It was a great fight. But all the fights were good. All the fighters were excellent. Everybody came prepared. There was no complaints on anybody, you know. And if I had anything to complain about with him, that would be done in private. I'm not Dana White. <laughs> you, know, that, you know, I know what I've talked. You know, it just, it was, hey, this is what we need to do. You know, that's a different market, you know. So if, uh, I mean, so you're adding this, I know you've done these kind of events before, right? right? But you're adding this to an already busy schedule. Um, yeah. <laughs> radio star. Radio Jim star. Omar, right. And uh, Video you know, killed the, the radio star. And the new Don King, I suppose. Uh, yes, uh, I do want to grow that hair. Where's your... Uh, My love what's, <laughs> what's your main passion out of that lot? What's what? What's your main passion out of that lot? Oh... Uh. I don't know. Like if, if if you had to give up the other two, what would you give up? What would I give up if I well, give me the choices? This there's a game called all right, Tom. Here it is. It's called F Mary Kill. You ever hear this this game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know the okay. But so you got it. Well, yeah. So what are my options? The gym. The gym. The promotion. The promotion. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> what would I give up? Oh, fuck. I don't know. You know, um, I enjoy them both, and I think they work together well. Um, but if I had to give up one, what would it be? I don't, I don't even know. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I'm not trying to be – I don't know what I – I mean, I, I do yeah, enjoy this. you think you can do all of them, right? I have that's, that's, been, right? That's the reality right. of it. Yeah, so far so good, and, and more is coming on, on the plate. I'm try, starting to get better at delegating stuff. Um, or trying to get other people to do stuff, it does become tough. Uh, unfortunately, I created a business model in which that I am the product. 
Yeah. It's a bad fucking move. You know, I'm the one who runs, you know, I'm the gym, I'm the face of this, I'm the face of whatever it might be, right? For, for my, not the podcast, it's both, although initially it was, but you're taking over, Tom. <laughs> it's a hostile takeover. And I don't want it to be that way. I'll, go, I'll just give you an example for the pod show. Initially, so I asked you, it was, I, I don't, did I approach you about the idea? Is that how it happened? I think so, right? I think so. Yeah, right. So it's my idea. Yeah, good idea. Um, <laughs> And then, and then, but I think initially you felt like I'm just kind of going along for the ride. Am I wrong? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the case anymore. True. You're kind of like my boss now. <laughs> well, it was kind of like, let's see how this works out. Right. Now we've been doing it for like almost a year. So right. But, but, right. right. And so, but your role has changed. Well, as as, as being a, what? I want to be like a backseat driver a bit. I think, I, I think this podcast I think it's better than a lot of the other stuff out there. Fuck yeah. Um, I sent you some stuff and... today. <laughs> we killed yeah. I mean, my God. Is that look, I look, you're either into what the hell we're selling, you like our show, you like the way we have the conversation and talk stuff. But I look at some of these podcasts and my God, at whatever level it is, does anyone look at this or listen to it and watch it go, that sucks. I know that I you we both heard from people that not even interested in what we're talking about most of the time, but go, you know, I like the show. It has a good energy. It has a good feel. There's a good conversation about it, right? That's right. That's and the right. particular show, who shall remain nameless, which I sent you this morning, was there anything appealing about that show? No. Not no, that. zero. <laughs> to give it a zero is an insult to people who deserve zeros. <laughs> that's right, right? That's right. And, and, not, and I get not every show is going to be a grand slam or a, a goal or whatever it might be, but um, – I just I'm amazed at what these these things put up. But anyway, going back, your role has changed. So now instead of kind of just being, you know, a sidekick, you know, you <laughs> you yeah. you're no longer the boy wonder. You know, you've jo- <laughs> you've joined the Avengers. You know, and uh, yeah, you know, that's right. So, does that make sense or no? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So look, if you could if you could have like someone comes along they're the answer to your dreams and they could take they could take over a load of stuff off you or what would be like the things that you'd most want to get rid of or delegate to someone that would enable you to focus more on the things that you feel add the most value what would they want to take away or that's tough because i guess i'm a control freak at some level from what i've been told you know this very successful event at the weekend that made you a lot of money yeah. so if it was if it was a financial decision then you'd probably focus on the, the shows right uh, yeah, but it's not about money for me, and it never has been. I don't do this. Uh, I don't do this for money, obviously, because <laughs> if I was, I'm doing it all wrong, Tom. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll give you right for um. I do it because I love doing this stuff. I love doing the promotion. I love doing the gym and and and, and talking to people. I think at whatever level a part I have, it does help people out, changes lives, you expose people. I enjoyed doing it. I was in the corporate world and hated it, you know, and now I'm doing something I love. Of course, this requires that you, and one day I'll tell you about all the backstory stuff when we get there, when we kind of, when I cross a certain precipice. Wow, that was a big word. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, who this dumb fighter got kicked in the face yesterday. I can use a word like precipice. Um, and in the proper context. And, um, <laughs> so, uh, 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 but anyway, um, <laughs> I uh, I don't know uh, what I could possibly give control of. I want to. I'm in the process of learning how to do that and trust others to do it. I am such a 
Control freak? Uh, not a control. I wouldn't say it's even control. I don't mind. I often suggest, hey, guys, why don't you do this? Why and I very much give, all right, you want to do this? Good. You do it. You handle it. Right? And then I, I like to have that discussion. And go, okay, what are we going to do? Okay, it's all you. You make all those decisions. I have no problem with that. I'll give you an example. Our our matchmaker, she has to make certain decisions on certain things. Well, she And she would ask me questions said, listen, you do, this is you. You make that decision. I don't care. You know, obviously, if it's going to involve tens of thousands of dollars, yeah. But if it's a decision that you have to make, you should feel comfortable doing it. Or that person shouldn't be working for me. You know what I'm saying? You have to put people in control. I'm very much not into making excuses and making shit happen. All right? Yeah, right. So bringing that cage back, this is just manual labor stuff, so this is easy. But that cage is 6,000 pounds. I had nobody to help me. 6,000 pounds taken out of a truck and bring it into the gym. No one that I did it myself. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I just did it. I just, I, in, in the solution is I got some furniture movers, helped me move it a little bit, used obviously some, you know, a little bit of strength and some sweat, and I, I got it done. I'm very much into looking at it. I don't want to hear excuses. There could be very good reasons why something didn't work out. I get that. But let's, let's make it happen. You know, that's, that's very much how I approach it. So that's the people that I'm attracted to who are going to do work for me. Giving up anything, I don't know. I'd like to learn to develop work more on myself. I don't have enough time where I can for my own personal development right now. We're right. talking about, right, you know? Do you find yeah, that yeah, happen yeah. to you? You get so, so busy, you're like, like I, did, like I did my breathing this morning, my Wim Hof breathing, I don't know if you know what that is, but, uh, yeah. or I was doing the breathing this morning and meditating in my yoga stretching stuff because I needed to think because I sparred a lot yesterday. I had to take that 30 minutes. It's so easy for me to excuse that and say, now I got this to do. You become busy. There was a, there's a guy named Ty Lopez. He was on a show, Impact Theory, and he was talking about uh, certain success things. And I'd seen this guy's infomercials before, and he didn't really appeal to me. But once I heard him speak, he's a very smart guy. I'd like to even get him on the show. I think he would do with the show. And he talked about you know how you were successful in business. All right. And one, uh, so there's, uh, uh, you know, four uh, things to that. One is, of course, you know, uh, is be as is diligence, meaning hard work, but hard work alone doesn't make us successful. Otherwise, you know, a guy who's a ditch digger, by the way, which I was a ditch digger at one time in my life, uh, I dug the shit out of the, out of the ground. I worked 10 hours a day, 12 hours a day digging ditches. For no money, essentially, at that time. So hard work is only 25% of the equation, right? There's organization. You need to organize the shit, thought out, has, all right? There is prudence. And what he meant by prudence, which I get, is making proper decisions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, based yeah. on business. And I'll give you, so here's a dilemma that I have. And perhaps you can help me, Tom. <laughs> so much for talking about the event. So here's what happens. This is really what I live. So what people don't know, like they may or may not know, I give away a shitload of money uh, in a variety of ways. But it's several thousand dollars a month to help uh, underprivileged kids train, get to my gym do whatever and my small world yep. that makes a difference so that kid who might be a gangbanger right he gets to go to my gym i call it scholarshiping that is 100 percent on me nobody gives me a pay comes to 30 plus thousand dollars a year out of yep. my pocket which i don't take and by the way and another i don't take an income from the gym that is all my time for free 
right? So, so I had, so you do that to help people, right? Now, is that a good business decision? Probably not, right? Now there is um, other people come in, and it, it, let's assume their their monthly bill is late, right? Or the they can't pay or whatever it might be. Um, if you go to a regular gym, I don't know how it works in the UK and London and stuff. You 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 swipe your card to go into the Planet Fitness or whatever, and it goes, oh, you get like a red buzz. You're denied your yeah. credit card. You can't go in, Tom. That's just yeah. the policy. Well, that look, I I'm a sm- smaller business. I work with people. There's reasons. Maybe I whatever. Oh, can I pay you Tuesday? Okay, that's a bad business decision. Right? It hurts me financially. And what happens is I, I so so and I have discussions with business people. Look up. Well, this is just the policy, right? This yeah. is the policy. Well, here's the problem. I got a 19 year old kid comes in. He's from the ghetto. He's a hardworking dude, right? Uh, I don't know where he works or what he does to pay his bills. Not, I'm sure he's not paid very well. So he, I sent everyone, he, the guys who in, in this particular a message, like, hey, guys, do's or do. So he comes up to me and says, Coach, I'm going to be like a week behind or two weeks behind. Now, do I just go, well, I'll see you in two weeks? Or do I give that kid the breathing room, a chance to be successful in my gym and in life by giving him the opportunity to make that happen, do I just cut them off at the knees there? Right? So those two thought presses are diametrically opposed, aren't they? Yeah, that's right. That's so, right. Tom, I'm asking you, what would you do? Are you going to be heartless like Lacloy and cut them off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> and cut them off at the knees? Or do you let them go in? And at some point, something's got to give. Now, I figured this the, the solution out. But, but so that's my life. Because in my business, going back now, it's all about me is I have a lot of interpersonal relations, but I know everybody in my gym, the hundreds of people that I know them all, got all their cell phone numbers, right? That is beautiful and wonderful, but it also is, a, it can be a, a real problem for you, you know, because it is a business, mm. right? So what would you do? What would well, Jesus I, do, Tom? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I believe the most valuable commodity you can give is your time, not, right. not money. Right. Um, oh, I give so you know, through through you giving those kids the ability to train in your gym, right? You're not actually you're not actually losing anything, sort of thing. I mean, you, you would normally be charging money for that service off anyone else, but you know, you're, you're able to do something using your time, using your facility that maybe isn't costing you quite as much as it's not the same as necessarily losing money out of your pocket. So that that doesn't feel too bad, and I think that's great that you do that. Right. Um, yeah, I'm going to heaven, Tom. In, in, in terms of in terms of like the money, in terms of these guys that maybe like they're short, it's it, it, it's a difficult one. I mean, what what right. Mike has is a um, direct debit, you know, payment that gets taken out of these guys' right. um, banks, and and that kind of depersonalizes it. And I think it would probably be the same at most top gyms. Of course. Um, when you've got a personal relationship with these guys, and you can see right. how great they are, and you can, you can cut them some slack that, that, that you'd hope that they'll never forget that um uh, but that's not true either <laughs> yeah i just i, I the, the, the dangerous bit and i know i haven't fully answered your question is people people will abuse that and i'll, I'll give you an example where right. I, i've lent friends money over the years sometimes quite significant amounts of money because i'm a nice guy maybe i felt they didn't have other people to turn to i felt they're a good friend they deserved it or something like that right and my experience has been that 
almost without fail, all of them have paid me back late and they all don't value my money like they would do a bank's money. Right. And I've got that situation at the moment with someone. I, I, I lent him £6,000, a lot of money. Really? Um, I, I did it out of the goodness of my heart because this guy's doing yeah. some similar stuff to what I'm doing and I felt it would help him get back, help him achieve what we both wanted to achieve, which is kind of financial freedom right. um, via doing some property stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, he, he's a year late paying me back. Wow. And I've got 5,000 of it so far and there's 1,000 left. now. Um, That's actually pretty I, good, Tom. Yeah, I, it's not. It's not that I don't trust him, and it's you know I wouldn't have lent him the money in the first place at all. You've always got that option of forcing people to give you the money back, right? Uh, without going into details, <laughs> but um, breaking their knuckles. Yeah, it's not. It's not something that I never wanted any. I, I didn't. Wasn't really looking for any profit on or anything like that. But the, the, the fact is, you know, this person and various other people that that they've. They, they they all take the piss a bit and, and pay you back late and I, I think I think you might be opening the door. It's it's kind of the principle, you know. I, you don't charge a fortune for membership of your gym. Those people that train hard get a lot of usage out of their money, right? Um, and you should be one of the highest priority people. I know when people lose their jobs, maybe one of the first things that might go is the gym. Of course, if, but you know, look when it's, it's life is about prioritization right you're talking about decisions i choose to make decisions that might say for example i'm going to do a holiday a vacation to america and i'm going to train on that vacation other people go to spain we were talking about that the other week right, right? and those other people will say oh I, I can't i wish i could do what you do and stuff like that and it's like the reality is they can but they choose instead to spend two weeks on the beach in the sun rather than you know a, a week in america training right. wherever that might be um I don't know if I've answered your question really there. No. <laughs> You've and, been a and, tremendous and, help. And frankly, you were going to do whatever you wanted to do anyway. No, right? no. I just don't know. The, it's interesting because they ask It's a very interesting position. I don't know if it's unique or not, but it is a tough position because the business is doing well. Don't get me wrong. Um, uh, by any stretch of imagination. But it's tough because I do work with a good amount of underprivileged youth. Yeah. Right? And... And this might be their only outlet. But of course, I can't save the world, nor am I trying to, nor will I do. Will that happen? Could it make that difference in that one individual's life? Absolutely. You know, if you save that one kid. And it has. But Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> what? All right. no, look, look, That's funny because I just ordered one from bit. Amazon. <laughs> if, if everyone does a little bit to make the world a better place. Oh, then, yeah. You know, Kumbaya. Go that smoke a joint, you hippie. Most people don't know. Right. I can't say I'm making much of a difference. No, I don't know if I'm at all. But, but that's not the point. It's just a rather interesting thing, and it just might be my nature um, to do to do that. But, you know, but and going back to Ty and looping that back around and trying to figure out where, where does that cutoff be? And, and, and when you're talking about that prudence, bringing that back there, well, you know, it's pretty cut and dry for businesses. You got to do this. I know that the, the phone company doesn't care. I mean, there'll be the Verizon will cut your phone off if you're two days late. Boom, you're done. Yeah, yeah, that's you fine. know they're not interested in that your your boss messed up your paycheck or something like that. So mine's a little bit more personal. It's not even like you're coming into my place and just buying a sandwich and leaving, you know, or drinking a beer at my bar. You know, uh, 
of course, you'd be expected to pay for that beer right on that thing. Yeah, the bartender's only going to give you so many beers for free, you know. So ours is a different kind of a thing. It's just rather interesting, and I don't know all the answer to it, but it, but, uh, but who knows? I don't even know how we got on that topic after all. <laughs> Do you even know how we got there, Tom? We can talk ourselves <laughs> in circles, you know. But uh, how was your trip? We didn't even talk about that. Uh, so we had, we had a bachelor party in, in Spain, um, Marbella. Uh, there's a saying we say over here, no carbs before Marbs. Everyone, everyone there is like kind of like ripped, covered in tattoos and great suntans, great teeth, great hair, all those kind of things. A lot, lot of money swelling around there, a lot of Russians and Arabs with incredible cars. I mean, you'll see like Lamborghinis, Ferraris everywhere. It's a stag deal bachelor party for an old friend from university who's getting married in Kenya in October. I'm, I'm going to try and go to that, money permitting. And it's just, it's just great. It's a, the load of the guys I hadn't seen for quite a few years. Right. We went out every day. Wow. Stayed out late. Spent an f- absolute fortune on, you know, vodka and all what? the rest. But the, the best thing about it was just we had this nice villa a very big villa, great gardens and a pool. And honestly, you could have just spent the whole day there. And the weather's always perfect over there. So, yeah, good, good trip. Pretty, pretty wild, but I can't go into the details of that on here. <laughs> so you didn't get arrested? Uh, no, no, no. That's what Miracles do happen. Did anyone go with you that I know? Uh, Billy, my friend from New York, yep. the guy that you... You, you've, I don't think you've met him yet, but um, I'm, I'm always saying. visiting him. Right, right. How do you know Billy? He moved. To, he lived in the UK. Uh, university, yeah, yeah. Oh. His his dad was American, so you see, he, he it was easy for him to get a job over there. So he, he runs a recruitment firm in New York. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Hey, Tom, man, man, I don't know if anyone's we talked about a lot of stuff today, man. What? I don't even remember. I'm dizzy. <laughs> I'm dizzy. I, I it's right because. Not only you, outside of just talking to you about the show, there was a ton of people asking questions along, you know, so you're answering these questions at some point, like, all right, um, I need to move on <laughs> with the, with my life from this show. It's not this show, but the, the MMA show, but it was a good show. Thanks for, for, for caring enough, but no, it was real good. Now we get to do it all over again in a couple of months, but it'll get better every time. End of the day is the show was a great, the MMA event was a great event. Everyone had a good time. Fighters, State Athletic Commission, hotel, wonderful home run. And I'm very pleased with how it went. And all this in, in the host, we just tightened it down. But it is kind of an interesting uh, experience. I did it before, but they, things have changed slightly. But it was good. We've got more shows coming up next week. Do we have a guest scheduled for next week? Tom? Not, not yet. I'm working on it. Yep. Yeah, don't, don't worry, got a whole week. I know we got a whole week. It'll be anyone, but we will be back next week. Now, didn't you put us on a couple of other things other than speakers? We're, we're on we're on Spotify now. That's, what that's is the Spotify? One. I mean, we're basically on everything. Um, Spotify is a music streaming service where you sort of uh, it's kind of like Netflix for music. You, you like pay like nine dollars a month or something like that, and then you get unlimited music. And if you say like I like these artists, it will build playlists for you. Really, what else are we on? We're, I mean, I just like to say we're on all all good podcast venues, which is basically the truth. I right. mean, every, anything where you can find a podcast. Pe- people keep telling me funny things that they're listening on, you know, that I've never heard of. Right. So wherever you guys go to listen to your podcasts, you know, we're we'll there. be there. We should be there. That's right. Are we easy That's to find? So when you go on these podcasts, and I'm not as much of. Uh, 
an expert I'll send, as you are. Send you the links to some that you can use on on an Android or Samsung or whatever. Right, uh, I just go on. Spreaker. You just literally search Primal Radio, and it'll be the first thing that comes up. Really? Because right. I've actually done it on some things. There was other stuff that would pop up on some things. Why would that be? I wonder. There's other things that will have like the name Primal or something like that in there. But, right. But, um, no, I think I think we come up first. That's good. That's it good. is good. No, no. <laughs> it's good. That people can actually find us and listen to our show. All right, man. Good show, Tom. Thanks, man. I, I'm glad you're back home safe. I'm glad I survived the whole MMA thing and trying to get shit sorted out. And that we'll let you know uh, uh, what what we have on for next week. You know, check us out on Facebook and stuff and, you'll, and our, well, our unfinished website. <laughs> Are yeah, you going to take I'm, over the website, Tom? I, I am. I think I'm going to take over everything. Do, to be honest. Everything, really? Yeah, really yeah. <laughs> do you need me to send you? Or are you going to the, the backdoor stuff to get in there? I don't even do know it? what that means. So how you get in and build it? I thought I, it's already built. It just has to be finished, fleshed out. That is not a website. What you've done, that's, that's hey, dude. Like, I did it in five minutes. That's like some high school project. It's a you know one page, no no links. Listen. Inside my 28 hours a day I work, I ran out of time. So. <laughs> All right, you want me to delegate things? You fucking take care of it. If you yeah. can do better, do whatever you got to do, Tom. You're going to do it anyway. That's right. That's right. That's He's, right. Tom's got his own agenda, how we're going to be successful, take over the world. That's right. All right, any shout-outs to anybody, anything you want to promote? No, jkdlondon.com, Rapid Honest, and then, of course, Primal, New Jersey. Primal New Jersey. Hey, that's it. All right, guys, another fantastic, exciting show. Peace out. You have been listening to Primal Radio in association with Primal Gym and Primal Promotions. Primal Radio is available on all good podcast venues. To help us grow, please subscribe, like it, share it, and leave us a great review.